podcast is fueled by Fireball. Best served, ice cold. Get some fire and ice in your life. <laughs> <laughs> the voice, the voice work is drying up. I think. Yeah, no. like your voice. <laughs> Unfortunately, people don't like um, trailers as much as they used to, so I, I don't get a chance to do this summer <laughs> very often. So I thought I'd do it as the intro to our podcast. Instead of introducing us and what we are. Okay, so going for that, we are the Real Life Rockstars podcast. Hello! I'm Dan. And I'm not. <laughs> no, he's Mike. I am Mike. And for those who don't know, joining us just on the podcast, we are two radio presenters uh, that form the Mike James Rock Show. Presenters is a, a stretch of the imagination. We are radio personalities, because uh, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that we have positive radio personalities. Multiple personalities. Yes. Um... <laughs> And we are here um, on this podcast to basically um, try and answer uh, some questions within the industry, uh, of music that is, um, as well as give some life hacks on how you can try and make it as a band. Well, just, just as a band, as someone in the music industry. Yeah, yeah we are covering off as many different angles as uh, we can with this. If you want to get involved, put, uh, pitch us a, a question. This um, podcast today is actually formed off of um, one such question um, it's real life rockstars podcast at gmail dot com um, or <laughs> you've got uh, the Mike James Rock Show social media as well that you can contact us on yeah. um, so uh, before we get into that how the devil are you Mike? well it has been a few weeks we were we we started the podcast off so well when we, we, we strong did, strong we were doing it fortnightly and then August happened and it's like Oh, uh, we've got festivals. Every Upon weekend. festival, upon festival. Three out of four weekends we were at a festival in August. Yeah. Which um, even meant we, we had to miss a radio show. Well, we didn't miss a radio show. We Mike's had, laptop broke. We had some technical difficulties. He doesn't update his laptop or buy a new one. Um, so he is now under strict instructions to do that. <laughs> Mate, this, this, this thing has served me well. It, I, I am I am not criticising she became the new old faithful it's just a shame she only takes the old size 10p coins <laughs> <laughs> that's really old for those young people that are listening to hip trendy podcasts it's, like it's this. better than trying to say it's steam powered because oh, what do you mean steam powered you hold something over a kettle and uh, you know, power it that way no steam power is a completely different thing Anyway, but they were saying that once it does die, I'm going to take it apart and make something steampunk out of it. Nice. <laughs> yes. Nice. For Boomtown next year, man. Oh, dear Lord. Computer Boy, let's talk about Boomtown this year. Yeah. Do you remember it? I Well, to be fair, because we've done a festival since, it um, it is a little bit intermingled. Uh, however, massive shout out to Earache Records. Yeah. Um, in fact, we spoke to their podcast team. Um, about potentially doing a collab in the future so um, we'll let you know if that one ever comes off because uh, they've got a really awesome podcast go across to Earache Records social media and uh, check out their podcast again quite informative they do sort of more memories don't they of it, the yeah, company it's, it's more sort of like Instagram story isn't it that yeah. they do they'll pick one of their old bands well that's another arm of what they do they do, oh, okay, I, they do IGTV as yes. well as podcasting yeah yeah um, so yeah, go uh, go across and check out Earache Records. They're they're um, you know they are just starting with Boomtown from the feels of things um, for what they want to do. Yeah, they've yeah. been there a couple of years now. Same with Grastonbury. They do Grastonbury, Boomtown, and Shambhala. I think yes. it's called. Um, and they just go from strength to strength. I mean, this year the 
all the production backstage was you know like a hundred times better than it was uh, the year before yeah um, the the caliber of acts actually didn't didn't get any better because they had such a good caliber the year before as well yeah um, but um, I mean Earache go all out they have a team of people that will just go uh, to the outside of the stage into the mainland of Boomtown um, and uh, in like these crazy steampunk-esque high-vis jackety sort of characters they definitely fit in with everybody at yeah. the festival and they drag people in and the reason why this is kind of funny and important is because uh, you know me and Mike were very tickled um, to see what you would call the more stereotypical boomtown goer um, who's probably got more than um, one chemical inside of them. Um, um, yes, there's there lots of that, that going on. But uh, pill head mosh uh, moshing is quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, getting well, yeah. Getting rave, getting ravers into metal is is not hard because it's the same the, sort of the beats and the, the the dirtiness of metal and rock is a lot of the dirty sounds and bass drops and stuff from say drum and bass and things like that so it's quite easy but you try and do it the other way and it's, and it's a lot harder because there's uh, a lot of dance music I, I, I'm talking from personal experience no, I, think, I think a lot of dance music is very simplistic and it sounds a bit like classical music whereas rock music you've got melody and that kind of you know you've got well, songs and lyrics that you can lose yourself in and guitar solos whereas you kind of get the equipment of a guitar solo would be like trance music where it just a keyboard would float off or something but possibly I think, yeah I mean I look to people like uh, Martin Garrix when I'm doing my EDM these days because he does have that level of intricacy uh, to his music I don't um, but then again we have our own bands within the heavy sort oh, of bracket yeah. that are simplistic uh, compared to some people I mean there's an entire festival called Tech Metal dedicated to those out there. Yeah, John Gome and people like yeah, that. Yeah, that have um, raised Animals their technical leaders. exactly raised their technical skill um, to such a level that um, you know uh, I've never seen polite applause after a gig apart from at Tech Fest. Yes, um, just appreciation goes on at that one. But anyway, that was earlier in the year. Boomtown. What I was going to say when you were saying about the crossover of wait, um, sort of EDM meets. Uh, metal is essentially why Crossfaith absolutely packed out the stage. They smashed it. Didn't they? I'm, I'm not sure I've seen them so on point, um, you know, in recent memory. Uh, we chatted to um, Ken a bit backstage as well. He was just super chuffed to be at the festival. Yeah. Uh, we showed them some of the boomerangs that we took of them afterwards as well, and they were laughing away. Honestly, these guys are just fundamentally lovely as well. Um, you know. Well, we've supported Crossfaith since probably their first ever tour over here, and they didn't speak any English whatsoever. And now we can have fluent banter in yeah, in cool. dialect, slang, and all sorts. And he understands it. And we that's don't Ken, by the way. <laughs> Ken's been the one we've interviewed. We don't understand any Japanese, really, do we? But no, unfortunately. he doesn't tend to use it, which is great. And I think. And, yeah. his, and his singing as well, you can tell, because uh, he's, he's talked to us in interviews before about struggling with some of the words in the English language because of the way that the, uh, the sound is formed in comparison mm. to Japanese. But massive shout out for Ken, because he's raised his game on that as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's not uh, get too distracted. Um, it was an awesome weekend. They had yeah. to close one of the stages. Which Only I, for a little bit. For a couple of hours, because there was a massive windy storm type thing that blew across the whole of the UK that weekend closing one festival completely uh, actually shout out to the organisers of Boardmasters that, they was called a, it. <laughs> that was a tough call yeah, you yeah. got slammed in the media for the first 24 hours and then everybody went thank you for saving us <laughs> yes 
Like we were up country at Boomtown. And well, cross country, cross country, really well, a little bit. But even um, even we Blood, Bloodstock had to close their stages for a couple of hours as and well. Re- rearrange stuff. But don't forget the reason why Boardmasters didn't rearrange stages or anything like that. The entire festival, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is on a cliff. coast. Yeah, it's on a clifftop. Yeah, literally so, backstage as well. <laughs> so us being mm. from the area that our Boardmasters is held, Devon and Cornwall. We're quite used to like, um, you know, Mike thinks I'm a bit nutty because I'll hop in my car in a bad storm and I'll actually drive to the coast. I'm not um, nutty, I'm just annoyed that you never take me. <laughs> um, but that's what we do because we're so used to it um, mm. uh, that, you know, we, uh, for example, there's been storms where I haven't even got out of the car because it was too dangerous to, and then storms where I've taken the car away because it was too dangerous for me or the car to be there. So well done, Boardmasters. You haven't had a lot of love from people over that decision, but us as being locals, being festival goers, and having problems at the festivals that we were at that weekend, well done, guys. Kudos. Yeah, yeah, tough yeah. decision. Tough, tough decision. I mean, I'm not slandering, but you don't want to become another amplified that carried on through their first year against really bad conditions, and then got slammed for it being unsafe you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't yes so that was not a complaint at, um, amplified there they well, tried mm-hmm. and unfortunately they got slammed too and it's Britain yeah it's a difficult world people we've had Boomtown which was dry I would say it was horrendously windy there was, there was some showers yeah but it was largely dry it yeah, was just the wind that knackered it but the axe all brought their A game and we, yeah it's, it is a predominantly a dance and alternative dance festival yeah. isn't it you've got like tree arena full of like tra- like trance and yeah. side trance stuff but there are three main arena stages one of them is just for DJs drum and bass but the main live um, area had some awesome bands this year that like Slaves headlined well what are your two favourite non-ear rate record stage uh, bands that, um, like, that we went to see like what were the two that stood out for you that weren't on ear rate just Prophet, two Prophets of Rage for sure we're going to twin on that one for sure because <laughs> uh, they were that's amazing that's possibly going to be up there for my gig of the year they were just sick it was unbelievable but that's probably because I've got a thing for Tom Morello and you had already seen him this year and I was bitter and twisted going <laughs> I hate you I hate myself even more but that's a different podcast we'll to be fair Prophets of Rage uh, bring um, a very very diverse um, crowd to it because there's yeah. public Enemy, yeah, Public Enemy, Cypress Hill, and Rage Against the Machine, all in one place. And guys, seriously, if you haven't gone to see that live uh, stage show, you you need to because you get everything. You mm. get you get the Cypress Hill moments, you get the uh, Rage Against the Machine moments, but then you get the absolutely awesome original Prophets of Rage written stuff yeah. as well. Check uh, it out. I'd probably say uh, another band that we saw or act. Hmm. What was your number one? I'm going to ponder whilst you talk about your... Because and they've switched their style, and fair play, I understand why. Um, unfortunately, I, I can't include Chase and Status um, in my top two um, like sort of picks because I was very much of their sort of band-orientated rock uh... sound. So for me, it was Groove Armada was the standout act. I was just thinking that. That was cool. Um, but i got to be honest, you didn't stop grooving the entire way through the Chase and Status set. Well, so. I mean, that was sick. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll probably go Chase and Status and Prophets of Rage as my top Hell yeah. two. Hell yeah. Just for the production, like, how can two DJs and an MC fill a stadium? This is true. And, and, and they did. 
anyway, we we've we want to crack on with the lesson at some point. Sorry, Mister, looking at the time here. It's all right, man. We've, we've, we've got plenty, but I want to talk about Reading. Oh, because it's the freshest in your mind, and you can not remember. only that, not only that, but for the first time ever, we caught a secret act yes. in its entirety. No, but carry on, go on. I can tell you're excited. I thought it was the first time we caught one in its entirety. No. When was it, what was the other one that we caught? Though? Queens of the Stone Age, because they played Leeds in the morning and then flew down to Reading in the afternoon and we were on, be- on in that slot before You, Me at Six when we were with Crazy Doug. And oh, like, of course. And we were watching Fatboy Slim list- whilst listening to um, You, Me at Six and in the distance Kasabian were playing on the main stage. And we were in that kind of triangle area where you, if you moved three foot one way you could hear You, Me at Six really well or over the other two. Move two foot the other way and you hit Fatboy Slim and yeah. yeah that kind of little our own little Bermuda Triangle but Completely carry forgot. on because the secret guest this year uh, we're like mm, spaff so just to set the scene me and Mike at this point it is Sunday we are burnt out we've done the HMA shout out um, we've done the HMA Thursday night we uh, crashed in a hostel overnight drove straight to Reading literally sat up a tent looked at it for 30 seconds was it that long i'm not even sure mate and then bombed it into the press area dripping with sweat because it was 30 degrees pretty much slammed down the tripod and did an interview straight away pure rock show style um and what an interview that was yeah. too so we were burnt out by the sunday as we as we generally are by the last day of reading um, well any three or four day festival you do. but reading particularly yeah. because we're at the end of three festivals in one month so and it's um uh, it was a lot hotter and the bands go on a little bit later and so just to put this in perspective when I am doing the post-production I, I, it's the one time that you don't get me talking very much because I'm concentrating so Mike's quite used to me going dark for a couple of hours at this point and ignoring the entire world behind me that has um, been mocked from time to time <laughs> because of the mis- uh, people I've missed being able to say hello to so suddenly this uh, photographer shouts out across uh, sorry TOG organiser uh, shouts out across the room. Chaperone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any uh, photographers wanting to get a bullet for my Valentine? Bullet for my Valentine on the pit stage. Um, hold your hands up now. And it was the funniest thing where I, as my head whipped round, I saw Mike's just perk up and he just looked at me and I looked at him and I was just like, yeah! <laughs> We're not even photographers. Yeah. We're going to be there. <laughs> yeah. um, so Mike's desperately checking when our interviews are against when they're going to be on the um, stage. And I rearranged one as well. Just so that we could... Yeah, we've... yeah, we're free. Oh, your artist is free? Yeah, we'll do it Yeah, now. no, totally. Come in early. We'll, yeah. we'll make sure that you get the afternoon off. As soon as that interview was done, we bombed it out the press area, straight across the site. Um, Through 90,000. No, it was a Sunday, so it was more tickets, because yes. they opened it up for foos, didn't they? Exactly. So we... We were you couldn't even crowd run. It was that um, like that busy. It was like we're doing giant slalom. Our hips were like, yep. and uh, so we get there, and my god, like my actual my actual god, uh, bullet. When you condense them into what seven songs? Yeah, seven or eight songs, including a epic cover as well of Foo Fighters. Well, they they did a they did a Metallica because Metallica used to end Enter Sandman before the last um, sort of big chorus um, so they would do the quiet bit yeah. um, and then from time to time they would kick into a different song so suddenly Seek and Destroy would come out or something like that so Bullet are on their last song it's Tears Don't Fall the, the entire place has gone absolutely batshit crazy for Tears Don't Fall I mean and they, it's the hottest day of the year like 30 
233 degrees. Shout out to Matt Tuck for wearing his leather jacket through the entire performance and turning himself into a wet t-shirt competition. Um, <laughs> so they get to the quiet bit and like the last bit where, you know, um, this is your last chance, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Matt does this little speech where basically they said that this is just a massive, um, you know, sort of hat tip to the amazing Foo Fighters. So from Tears Don't Fall, they went into All My Life, and then we did get a response on our social media for hashtagging Tears Don't Fall My Life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, that was, for me, an epic standout moment. But we could talk about that all day, and there's a couple of notes from Reading, which, um, you know, um, I just want to say, thank you so fucking much, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody that's watched it on iPlayer was there. If you watch the Post Malone drinking game, the Post Malone drinking game is drink every time Post Malone says thank you so fucking much, ladies and gentlemen. I was, I really enjoyed his set. His tunes are awesome, mm. but he's just last year when he played at like what two o'clock in the afternoon, he had a drummer and a guitarist, and it was more of an ensemble piece. Yeah, and this time he was headlining, um, which we'll get onto in a bit. But it was just him on the stage. There was mm. nothing else. It was all to backing track, which is cool. We're, Eminem's we're, done we're it. We're absolutely like, oh, fine know, with that's that. That's fine. It's just there could have been something else on stage. Cause, the, the point being yeah. is when Rockstar kicked in as uh, like second to last uh, song, the whole stage was set on fire. And Post Malone singing rock star through those flames I mean I it was cool it was that that it was a moment that was production uh, the rest of the time but I don't know I don't know enough about that sort of general scene as to whether or not it is a stripped down uh, more like performance everything because people there were still going nuts for it oh yeah yeah and I, we're I, quite I just... used to you know we're quite used to guys strapping um, stringing instruments to their crotches and then gyrating at us but, yeah, I was, yeah I was thinking I was like if you've got a band there's more to look at but you know they had the giant humongous giant high super high definition screens on either side of the stage and we were right at the back yeah and if you if you couldn't see Posty where you were stood because there were so many people in front of you you had to watch the screens yeah and I found after about 20 minutes of there not being much stage production and stuff like that the I just got a bit bored of watching it, to be honest, because it didn't have a costume change or anything. Just watching him scrunch up his face tattoos as he sings, it's like, Neh. and don't get me wrong, he was on point vocally. Yeah, um, loved it. And I, I again, I'm one to appreciate the fact that you know what he got up there. He he wasn't Owned exactly, um, but he wasn't exactly, shall we say, the most manly of presences, and d- did not give a single shit. And well, I love that. Yeah. I think that's something that again, like these are the walls that we need to break down. You know what, Post Malone, if you want to flick a hand and look fabulous for a second, do it. That yes. is what we are fighting for in this world, is for people to be able to, you know, act whatever way they feel comfortable, because I'm not exactly the most manly of men. Don't know if you've ever realised this, Mike. No. No, no, not, no, at all. no not at all. And I don't want to change. You know, why should I bow to society's pressure as to how guys should act? Oh. Screw that. In the same way that girls, you know, you guys absolutely rule. Be a girl. Be a girly girl if you want. But if you want to be a tomboy, that everything's okay, providing that you're a respectful human being. Sorry, I'm right like my, my favourite topic to rant about at the moment. Just be human. Just be a decent human, yes. So, Post Malone was on last on the Saturday. It was a double headliner with 21 pilots. My personal is they should have closed the show. But they closed Reading and Leeds. 
So we had Foo Fighters close um, Reading for Reading and Leeds. Yeah, that's true. And 21 Pilots closed out Leeds. And I think that was a wise move because both are respect slots. Yeah, yeah. Re- uh, Reading is bigger, but Leeds, you close it out. And I can see why they put uh, the production values of 21 Pilots as the finishing thing for that night. Mm, it was amazing. Yeah, it was so, so good. Like, there were lots of like interesting bands that we saw. Yeah. Not just rock and metal. That's the thing with Reading. It's multi-genre I think the last person or the last thing that we should talk about about Reading uh, before we get Billy into um, well she was cool but just the fact that the Foos mm. were the only band that we've seen recently at Reading that when we tried to leave the guest area to get into the main arena um, there were just people from one food stand on uh, one side of the festival all the way through uh, yeah. chock a block to it the was... other side it was incredible to see you think Rock's dead Nah. Nah, that was three hours plus of masterclass entertainment. I'm sorry, but Dave Grohl and the rest of the Foo Fighters, they they deserve to be where they are. I mean, the, you couldn't even tell how old the dude is because he's thrown down so hard. Well, it depends. If you look at those high-vis, uh, those high-definition screens, it's uh, the beard, d- definitely uh, more than just a peppering... There's a, there's a, there's a, a, a it's speckled. Mm. Um, it's, it's speckled, yeah, that's the next level up from peppering. Yeah, so. And soon uh, there'll be some uh, patchy coverage. But Dave, take it from us, you are going to make one very handsome silver fox. <laughs> Dan's turning already. <laughs> <laughs> but you would, it's Dave Grohl. <laughs> Quite wild. I, I, I don't, as, according to everybody in my life and now uh, myself as well, is I don't really have much turning to do because everybody seems to think I'm somewhere in the middle anyway. <laughs> um, which I'm fine with. Um, so, anyway, we need, to, we need to crack on and do. Well, our... you haven't asked me which my favourite band was at Reading, and I haven't asked you the same. Well, mine's quite obvious, I think. Um, because it's, yeah, they're one of my favourite bands anyway, and we got a surprise set of nothing but bangers. So unfortunately, no band could go up against. However, if we take away the secret set of my favourite band, I would probably say it's difficult because I loved watching Bowling for Soup again. I was going to say Bowling for Soup. I thought they were just awesome. They they were, but in so many ways, Twenty One Pilots stole it for me. Uh, okay. Because oh, if we're talking main stage, then it's got to be Billie Eilish. She was awesome. I don't. I don't think we can pick a favorite from Reading, but this is why we like it so much. Is yes. because we're always so stuck for choice. But now the reason why I'm hurrying us um, on is because, like I said, this is our first podcast where we don't have an interview. Me and Mike are just talking. <laughs> um, oh poor, poor listener. Poor listener. And um, we set ourselves a task um, after being asked. So. Part of the way this podcast came about was a combination of realising that a lot of people in the industry were having similar conversations that we were, but we got asked by a band like nearly 18 months, two years ago, uh, when uh, we said that, um, you know, they asked, essentially they asked us for feedback on why they didn't play that, why we didn't play their track. So we were actually quite honest and we were like, to be honest guys, your press kit wasn't good enough. We get so many, so many applications for airplay that there is a natural, and it's not us being lazy, there is a natural standard that we have to um, look for Mm. to be able to do our show properly. So this is what this one is about, is we're not saying that this is necessarily, you know, you've got to pay us respect or anything like that. Well... Uh, well, you, you clearly do, but respect my authority. 
Um, my <laughs> actual point is is that there are very real reasons why you may not get airplay off of your um, uh, pack that you send in or your, or your what thing. You, yeah, what you do. What send. you do to try and get airplay because like some people will be sat there going, "What's a press kit?" Um, so there's a the. We set ourselves a challenge, and Mike's um, probably going to be a little bit more um, into this one than I am, because he's the one that does handle this side of the show's sort of comms, if you know what I mean. For our radio show. For our radio yes. show. he He's the one that goes through. So I've got a few points that link to what I do on the show over time, which are less press kitty, more what you want in your press arsenal, I guess. Um, That's a good word to use. Yeah. So, um, so this does have a sort of leaning towards how to put together a press kit, but with a few hints and tips thrown in as to what your office filing system for your band should look like. You know? Yes. Should we make this official then? And I'll put a little jingle into the Run podcast. the jingle. Like, like we do if there's an interview. Yes. So I shall press play now. Real Life Rockstars Podcast! And our intro jingle and our all of our music for this podcast is all done by a lovely man called Charlie from Seething Akira. So kudos to Charlie. Thanks, bro. If you want something send them made, uh, just contact Seething Akira and ask for uh, the best route to get to Charlie because we kind of know Charlie personally, so we asked him that way. But Chocolates he, and flowers is what we went for, and it worked. We tried to find him a soul as well, but that did, he's ginger, so it didn't work. Um, but anyway... Uh, <laughs> So this is That's our... no more jingles for us anymore then. No, never getting one again. Mm, I love your gingerness. <laughs> so, good God. Oh, by the way, shout out to Frank Carter at Reading. That was also amazing. Doing it for gingers everywhere, which I believe he even said on stage. Okay, so going back to this. Who, I think probably because you have more points than I do, I think you should probably lead with this one. Okay. Um. So... I might, I might give you, like, I might do something that we don't do in our own interviews. I might hit you with an actual factual question. Oh no. What is your main thing on a wish list when looking at a press kit? What is the main thing that you personally, as 12, to, 12 years as a radio presenter, about 20 years plus um, in the music industry? You mean what, from a, just from a. From band a, or from a PR? In this instance, it's the same thing because um, a PR is serving you a band's press kit. So, what is that one thing that kind of ticks that mental tick box of like you see it and you go, right? I don't even need to worry about chasing that because I've got a couple in my head. What would be like what like a reputable brand or look? Uh, no, more so like in the actual press kit. So uh, you know, we get sent these press kits and press announcements, and oh, okay. press releases and press everything uh, for me um, I'm going to sort of give you an idea and it is actually one thing on my list as well because it's so important to somebody um, like me in the industry is a clear logo with a transparent PNG file to back it up oh that's that's all part of yeah yeah so, so for me as, as a radio disc jockey what's yours when you're looking through it putting so it together the week's show yeah yeah so okay um, we have a two hour show to fill right mm-hmm uh, that and then gets syndicated around the world where everyone listens blah 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 blah. to get airplay on that you have got to consider that the DJs or presenters have to introduce said tunes yep. have, to have some banter it's, it is a show so you know they have to do the talking of going to festivals like we do or you know 
bits of information about said band that you've just played or whatever. So or mispronouncing I, names. If yeah, I, I need all that information. But so, but first off, you've got to realise that even if you everything we run through today, if you put all of that into your email or your press kit or whatever, and you send it over to us or any radio DJ. Nine times out of ten, they they will listen to it. It could it could come from a valid PR or from a band that's not been signed first kind of thing. It's all down to the DJ's. Mostly, it's down to the DJ's personal taste if they like your tune. Mm. I listen to. I get sent anywhere between sixty and hundred and twenty emails a week with music in, be that albums or um, singles, like yeah. promo singles and stuff. Some of these are tracks that are not out for three four months because uh, we're tastemaker DJs which we're lucky enough to do uh, some of them are out in a few weeks time so not only have you sent all that stuff over and it's down to the DJ to pick if he likes your tune and thinks it will fit into the show you've got to also realise that the show will consist of the banter between the DJs so mm. say over a two hour show that's going to be about 15 minutes 20 minutes something yeah. like that between each you know every couple of songs you announce what they're doing the tours and things like that and your own city banter uh, take our show for instance when we're out of festival season which is for a good six to eight months of the year we have a certain format that we follow and it's normally one big interview per show yeah that interview because we're quite trained in what we do and we've been doing it for so long we tend to get down to for radio anywhere between five and ten minutes yeah the same length as, a, as your average kind of rock tune basically but then you also have a tune by that band so you're adding another five minutes so you're looking at quarter of an hour to 20 minutes out of your show dedicated specifically to your interview your big name interview or so whatever. let's add that to the talking time we're already 40 minutes to 50 minutes out of the entire show yes which leaves you only 60 to uh, sorry 70 to 80 minutes yeah left. 75 80 minutes of a show left this is without uh, you know some stations will have ad breaks in maybe every 15 minutes 15 20 minutes or so so you may have two of those per hour so you've got to take that out mm. so that's a say another 10 minutes out of your show for advertising on specific stations which happens a lot because we've all got to get those benjamins in haven't we yeah. Um, so realistically, you're only you've only got about seventy-ish minutes to play with music. Mm. So you're going for a show like ours where we do deal with some of the biggest PRs in the country, in the world, even that deal with the biggest bands in the world. And mm. um, we get those, and you kind of have to play them because people want to hear those new tunes. Yeah. Although they are all over the internet by the time we play them, sometimes. Yeah. So from that. I go with about 50 minutes of pure new music mm. which is not a lot when you think about it your average rock tune is about 5 minutes so that's about 20 to 30 tracks uh, yeah that's 17 17 to 22 23-ish depending if like Opeth or Dream Theatre so, release something but this is not just for rock and metal radio this is in general because we, we're directors of a radio station here in our hometown of Exeter and we have 102 DJs, presenters, all various different styles yeah. of music. So we, you know, we can see it from other um, other styles and genres. But obviously, we concentrate on our own. So we can okay, relate. So we relating everything back to how a rock track would sound. But if you're a, I don't know, drum and bass producer, you might have a okay so track that's 
extra long, but you could be going the other way and into this new sort of SoundCloud mumble rap. Uh, but that's it's the popular. We've just spoken about Post Malone. He come yeah. out from SoundCloud. He's yeah. a mumble rapper basically that's gone. Uh, right, it's better than most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so what, a lot um, of those tracks are only three minutes long. So you're talking about um, serving something up that is feasible to fit into a show, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if you've got an 18 minute track, that's it. It's like, yeah. yeah. Okay, got you. So um, you've, you've really got to think about what you what you want to service to radio because radio, you know, radio does have its place in promoting music and getting the information yeah. out there. Although nowadays a lot of it is done like Spotify and YouTube streaming services, radio is very important in that, getting your sound yeah. out there. Uh, so that's predominantly what I'm going to be mentioning. So if you're, if, if, if you've taken all that into consideration, yeah, and you go, right, yeah, our song meets the very basic, it, it will, it's radio play worthy and stuff, there are things that do need to be addressed if you're going to email, uh, especially an FM station. You need to check out who you're emailing. This actually the, the, is my this, first point. Okay, but is, I was going to uh, say the stations, the type of stations you're emailing. Research yeah. people. Like, for, uh, I'm going to jump in because uh, the research one. This I actually had an interaction the other day with somebody online. I've had a couple recently that have been hilarious uh, because we manage the social media for our FM station as well as our, um, our show. Uh, so that means we run the inboxes and uh, we also have our personal inboxes both of us on Facebook for our personal accounts are listed as directors and presenters and all this sort of stuff so the reason I say research is take that couple of extra minutes in the first place because one we are a tastemaker show Mike mentioned it earlier so we are looking for your snappy no more than seven minute track mm. but there are people out there that do bespoke niche market stuff yes oh yeah yeah so research is key but my the reason I put it down was because I had um, the worst type of uh, band approach the other day where I got a friend request oh. and instant spam and unfortunately I'm not being like sort of dismissive and arrogant of these people but in the loveliest possible way to the people that do that I'm not checking out your band not through any point making but I just don't have the damn time it's like, too much research for a radio DJ who has to listen through the tracks and all sorts of things like that because you've got to want... remember and this is what Mike was uh, sort of touching upon a little bit as well with um, uh, sort of make sure your application is uh, right and it, it leads on to the bigger thing is um, research is key because then what you're doing is putting yourself in the best position to appeal to the radio presenter that you are mm. going for. So even though we're tastemakers, if you have, say, a 10-minute track, you're a bit black metal, but you've listened, you've actually listened to a couple of our shows, so you can hear the fact that we do play a lot of different stuff. One, you know, give Mike a cut point if it's a 10-minute track and go, well, it goes instrumental here, uh, so you can fade out on this. I've noticed you've done that before. But the reason why I say actually listen to our show is because me and Mike can tell within two, three words whether or not your message to us is genuine. <laughs> we can tell whether you've listened to our show or not. Or even not, you might not necessarily listen to our show or any show. It's, it's but the, we can tell. You can tell. Yeah, you can tell. So what is the answer? Because I wanted to come into this podcast with a couple of answers as well. Um, and so 
for me, and you know, we've road tested this with um, our brethren, the press, family, all of our presenter friends, our PRs. Do an honest one. If this dude the other day that had just said, check out my band's uh, Facebook page, can you please give us a like? One, why are you chasing likes from a radio presenter? Mm. I have something far more important to give. If you had researched my profile and gone, oh, this guy's actually a radio presenter, because all it is is about, what, maximum six clicks to get to the description of the Mike James Rock show or the description of my uh, radio station? Yeah. You know, it, it's six clicks. That, that's not much research. And they were like, hold up, this this guy has a... And you look at the track listing, he's got a website, we've got an ability to do interviews, we do a podcast. You'd think at that point, actually kind of going, dude, thanks for the um, thanks for the ad. Um, just literally looked into your profile, uh, realised that you're, you do actually some quite impressive work in the industry. No, I haven't listened to your show. No, I haven't uh, been able to um, do it. it. I have a band of X genre, or for the fans of, or whatever the case may be, is that something appropriate to um, you know for your show to play? Then suddenly you get rather than what I said to this guy the other day, which was you should probably do your research into me first before you spam me, and then killed the conversation. <laughs> um, I then send back, awesome, brilliant. Please send you a full press kit to here. Yeah, yeah. And then you go through the gauntlet of the press kit because you know me. Um, if at the moment you send a, shall we say, a subpar press kit to the Mike James Rock Show um, email address, which is mikejamesrockshow at gmail.com for any bands out there wanting to get this um, or wanting airplay, is when your press kit isn't to standard, we actually send you back a guide. Um, it's been done before. Yeah. And so the reason for said guide is so that we can um, you know, try and help people. Uh, but like I said, this research thing is key because if you are looking to tout a tall length track and you're not tall you're probably not going to get on the tastemaker DJ slot no but you can talk to them you can see if they know because I mean Mike off the top of your head you, between the two of us we could probably name up to 20 different radio shows that we work alongside of as a community oh in rock and metal yeah 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 like the, but, f- the festival fraternity yeah yeah um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we can probably point you in the right direction as much as anything yeah there are um, yeah we know lots of lots of actual like niche. specialist shows within rock and metal yeah but, yeah with 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 being a director of an fm station as well we've got access to playlists and stuff from and hookups with the djs on our station there that gives us an insight into those kind of genres exactly. and their industries and they all pretty much work the same it's 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 yeah do your research get and give yourself the best possible chance of getting airplay mm. that's another big thing like as i said we're not being arrogant here and dismissive of people that don't know how to do it we send a guide back which is actually written by me because i i get all lovely and wholesome when i write stuff like this which um sort of says uh, to people like you know these are things that you should do like i said is i'm hardly any sort of starting out band would know that at some point down the line it's going to be really useful to have a clear logo and a clear transparent PNG mm-hmm. um, because for me I use them to build your interviews out there people and uh, artwork as well yep um, good artwork but also don't don't crowd things this is um, so we've knocked out research and the um, logo on mine I've only got five points oh I've got a fair few um, I've, got, I've got artwork and logo in all formats and all sizes because you never know where your logo could end up on like 
a bus stop shelter kind of size poster and exactly. on the side on a billboard right in front of the main stage at a festival or something and um, just make sure it's on your own branded social media before you send it in a press kit because then you've got the timestamp for legality's sake mm. if anybody ends up ripping off your logo if it's been on your facebook in, for, since 2008 then you clearly own it yeah um so for me um adding into the artwork as well is credits of Photographers, credits, credit art. the people you work with. Yeah, art, the art. If you've got a nice picture or something, like paint a picture or whatever it is, mm. credit the artist that done it for you. It might not be a band member, but it's like the um, big shout out to Charlie Smith for our shows um, and our interviews intro. Uh, we get regular. We comments. only get people called Charlie to do. Uh, yeah, no, apparently so. <laughs> uh, but massive shout out to him. Um, and this is the this is the point, people. Is that um, at the uh, what? two-year stage of having that as our intro there or thereabouts we are still getting about a comment a week on our youtube channel asking uh, where the full track can be listened to mm. it can't that is the full track we we got a 40 seconds of it yeah so. we got a professionally made um intro to our show uh, written by a band uh, member um which is fantastic so again shout the people out that you work with you never know whether or not like so say you work with a photographer when they're just starting out but you shout them out constantly. Suddenly they win a competition that puts them on the international stage. They're sat on tour with massive bands, but they're still talking about you. Mm. They still remember you. They still remember the band that had nothing and still credited them. You know, didn't, didn't steal that for themselves. Credit. In this industry, especially behind the scenes, we notice when you credit, we notice when you don't credit. Yeah. It's the same thing that's been mentioned in previous podcasts about there being a group chat almost in every circle there is one for photographers as much as everybody else people yeah. and don't make yourself a name for somebody that doesn't credit because you won't get photographers wanting to work well, we with were you. sat with the guys from rock sound this weekend weren't yeah. we and they were talking about their well whatsapp group just for the photographers just for one publication exactly and like again as we said we we know and can name 20 ish other radio presenters because that's what we do mm. um but so that this doesn't turn into a rant, um, <laughs> what I was going to say, and this one that um, I think is going to be a, like a bit of a debatable point possibly, is no over-the-top bio for me. I don't like it when you give me a, a paragraph of bullshit. Like when I used to have to review them uh, with you, uh, fortunately Mike did take that on to free me up to do uh, some more of the background infrastructure work. Um, I, I got so bored. Like... I, I want a quick description. I want what you like identify your band genre as roughly. Keep it to one subgenre, and I'm I'm happy with that. Keep it to a banner, like genre, and I'm happy with that. Then give me you know three to five for the fans of. Give me your influences so that I can immediately go right. Okay, so again, if we've had twenty metalcore tracks over the last five weeks, we're gonna be a little bit wary of playing more metalcore mm. because we're trying to represent everybody. So make sure that the relevant things are right right at the top. So like punchy artwork with a real quick description of your band. So you're a five piece. You do this type of uh, music. Don't even need that if you've got a good photo of the band. Point exactly made right then and there. I would say... Be it, intuitive. Uh, yeah. Expect your radio presenter. It's a bit like uh, when I have to rewrite people's CVs for them. Because I've got you know, this professional voice from time to time. People get me to rewrite their CVs, and it's all about present, uh, presenting of information. Again, it doesn't matter if it's your mum, 
that reviews um, your like band thing. It doesn't matter if it's your manager at work. It doesn't matter if it's somebody just outside of the band. Get people to review what you're writing. And this is my last sort of um, thing um, that is more for what's in the press kit rather than necessarily a behavioural thing. Um, social media, Bandcamp, and website links. Link, I've got that links. Link. You don't have to hyperlink. This is not what we say by links. Like me and Mike are very proud of our personal um, social media handles, our links, because we don't have any dots, underscores, or numbers. I am Devon Dan with two N's on Dan. He's O that Mike James with uh, an H on the O, and it's all just words. They are top tier handles, people. Mm. Again, when we're running the social media for our show, we're trying to um, be creatively, like, sort of chatty about 20 um, tracks. Make us have an easier time. Don't make me spend most of your track trying to track down your Twitter handle <laughs> because it's some weird thing. Write it in your press kit. Then we can just immediately go and find you follow you as well mm. we're far more likely as a show to follow your band if you um, give us a proper press kit because again it's playing the game it's helping us to do what we do which is help you mm. so if we're doing this then it's cyclical we're just conduits man yeah get new I music ha- out I have um, one one more rant go on I, well, I have one more ish point but <laughs> I want to um, uh, hand things back to you for a second so uh, like I say your uh, your, uh, your one's quite long come I don't know, I'll hand it back to you, what's so... Oh, you're... right, okay. Um, I would say if you're sending a track over, make sure it's in the right format. And what is the right format? MP3 or WAV files. Or links to both. Well, well, yeah, you can do it in both formats, but make sure it's tagged as well, not just the band Na- name. Name your track. Yeah, name the track and put your band name on it, because I've got a file, a folder on my hard drive that's just called track one. Yeah. Completely. There are some peaches of tunes in that folder, man. Sometimes I'll just put it on as a random, so I have no idea who the band are. It's because they didn't tag it, so it's just, I've just saved it for my own little playlist of like idiots. And again, if, if you're making somebody like Mike have to work to uh, find that track again, you get dropped from the list for somebody that hasn't had, um, had to make him work. Well, yeah, I'm one of those guys that will sit there and download like a dozen tunes and albums that I got sent that day. That's your daily thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so I don't, you... I don't listen, then download. I just download it all. Then I can put it into a playlist and then remove listen the... to it all whilst I'm doing my tea or and something also like that. Remove the track ones from it. I imagine is something that you do after you've downloaded yeah, it. And that's yeah. an instant call people. Instant call. So yeah, tag, okay. tag and name your the actual track. track, the file name, the file name. Yes. The file name. And um, do you know what? Uh, and when the... also, I would say on that, if it's got profanity on it, put clean. Do a clean version if you can, because then you'll definitely get radio play. Oh, if you're looking, if you're looking for FM radio play, it's a big no-no on swearing. Swearing. We get away with it now and then with like a black metal track that no one can understand what's being screamed anyway. And we have to on our FM show, we have to put out a huge disclaimer at the beginning saying that it's adult entertainment. We're on very late night, so kids can't hear it anyway. But I know that's it's it's not a law for FM uh, for our FM station at least. Yeah. There is there is no curfew, but it is frowned upon for having certain 
so give us items that we talk about or yeah yeah yeah, uh, certain certain words and things but the later it goes at night but internet is different so you can have a but a also, rude version, but it's also good to have a clean version because, um, again, give yourself the chance of being picked up and yeah. do it. Like again, when you're producing your track, produce a clean version. Then don't do it post uh, mixing. Ask whoever is doing your production, whether it's an in-house band member or whether you're going to a studio, ask them for a clean version because for them it's literally a cutout of a, um, a of like, a vocal. Or they, or what I used to do when. In, if I like the tune and it had curse words in it, I would just cut the curse word and flip reverse it. So there's so, a couple so of different ways. Off. <laughs> but again, if if you're um, somebody that um, you know some of our favourite and biggest artists out there um, will you know change fuck into funk, yeah, um, or like come up with an entirely rewritten line with the same camber, that goes through it, right? Sorry, I'm gonna. I, we said that we were gonna wrap this one up quite quickly so that people have a chance to digest before we overload. Um, I would say in your email, yeah, keep it nice and simple, like you said. Um, let us know what genre. Like I said, your one. yeah, your the, the the genre you would pigeonhole yourself in. Not that we would pigeonhole you, but if you're a thrash you metal band, are? then say you're a thrash metal band. You yeah. know, we might stick you in our show with a, you know a hardcore band thrash metal and then a blues rock because that's how we do our show it's very jumbled and all over the place but it makes sense when you listen to it yeah um so, so yeah let us know just so that we can you know genre. And we can, you know we can tag it in our own sort of spiling systems and stuff like that it's much easier if it's there on and my extra of tag of um you know three bands of for the fans of mm. like again yeah. if you're unsure about genre for the fans of as a press kit that's good that's okay that's what we're looking for. And try and open it up, because for fans of... Memphis Mayfire, Amity Affliction, and Icy Stars is a very limited set of bands. Yes. Whereas if you said one of those, and we are, we're also into Killswitch, and we're also fans of Metallica, I mean, it's like, yes, yes, yes. It yeah. broadens the horizon. Um, uh, send us links to your videos, yep. if they've already been played. That. Uh, where they've been played um, or when that's coming out yep uh, yeah that was the other thing I was going to say is link, uh, release dates and where and, yeah and if it's embargoed because sometimes we get sent stuff that's sent to all of our mates in radio and it'll only be one specific station that at one specific time is allowed to debut it first and it will literally we'll get a thing and it have a red banner across the top saying embargoed until 9 p.m. on Thursday, kind of thing, and which means people like us can't play it yeah. until after then because it's they've done a deal with a PR or a radio station or something. So let us know if you don't want it played until a specific time because you want to release it on Facebook or, or on your YouTube because the video is coming out first. Let us know and we we'll, yeah. we can hold it back. We've held stuff for weeks and weeks uh, just yeah. on our laptops, kind of thing. Oh, so and that date, does feed into um, you know we could be your exclusive. Um, an embargo exactly, yeah. we could offer that if the show lines up with um, your release date and we've done we'll, that we'll offer you the exclusive yeah 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 right so uh, video and uh, social medias and all platforms I've got written down okay this is my last point uh, I've got one last point as well so I'm gonna because you said social media I'm gonna jump in with mine <laughs> people there is nothing more frustrating and I mean this like this is a bugbear to the point where we laugh about it in press areas, honest, brutal truths right here. But if you badger the press industry to do something for you for months on end, 
and then they do it, whether that's playing your track or whether it's getting an interview, don't badger us for months and then when we do it, do nothing with it. There is nothing more infuriating than giving you some of our time, not because our time is precious or because we, we think that we're anything special, but we're working. This, this is our band, this is our lifeblood. We're, yeah, we're, we're nerdy and we like presenting, you know, but this is what we do. So if you've taken some of the time at festivals, and normally, like, I, I love to show uh, young bands or underground bands love, and shout out to a band that did it right. We're at Teddy Rocks. I'm sat there chilling with you um, in uh, the camping after the first day, and as flames rise, oh, yeah, contact yeah. me on social media. <laughs> Firstly, what a lovely contact it was, just like, I'm sorry if this is, and this is from the band's account, I'm sorry if this is like sort of inappropriate, but we did notice that you guys were here. Like, what's the lowdown? Are, you, are we able to ask you for an interview? Is that okay? Respectful. It was lovely. Mm. Of course, we we had an interview the next day. Now, I had tears streaming down now in my face by the end of this one because these guys were lovely and funny. They were so funny. But what followed was what, in many ways, you should do. The band members added both of us. That's fair. That happens a lot. They liked the page. That's cool. We like the page back. And then when we launched, they put it across every single platform. And again, if you don't like the way that we've launched something. You can ask us for the exact same thing that we're asking for you now, um, is I will happily give you a Rock Show PNG file so that you can build your own uh, poster that you're um, on the Rock Show. We will give you that stuff. It, it's there, available. Ask um, how like we can give you standard imagery as well. Mm. If you just want a show poster, we can do that as well. But they showed love across every platform and just like were completely um, like honestly grateful for uh, doing it. And we got shares. That means that since then, a band that had never really broken their county massively um, now have an ally down in the southwest, which they've already used for their advantage. Yeah, yeah, man. Because it works. We care as much about doing our show as you do about doing your band. And that is the same for anybody in the industry that's doing any job. I mean, maybe not the guys cleaning up Portaloos at download, but... Someone's got to do it, man. Someone's got to do it. My, my point being is, I take this seriously. This is my life's work. This is what I do with all of my money from my job. <laughs> you know, this I care about this. So if you're sharing what I do and saying, this show's awesome, they gave me an interview, or this show um, goes out... And again, like the, the crazy thing is, is guys, if, if you're applying to somebody like The Rock Show to give you airplay, we do boast about it we've got decent numbers yo <laughs> we do <laughs> like we've got really decent numbers again coast ask, to coast across America ask us for exactly yeah. like ask us what we can uh, do to make your social media look good and we'll tell you our numbers so that's my last rant is share before and share afterwards show some love to us and guarantee because we are just been in this so long and so, we have to be so cold and not over like clock ourselves towards people that don't show the love back we will help. We will show you more love because you know what? It's kind of human nature that if you support what we're doing, we're more likely to support what you're doing. Community over competition. Thank you. Help me to help you. Help, help me, me to help, help you. you. Help me to help you. You've been watching so much Scrubs. <laughs> All summer long. Uh, so one last thing I was going to pick up on is if you're sending us an album and it's already been... Uh, sent to print media people mm -hmm. for review if you've got that far ahead yeah. um, obviously you would have done because you would have 
print media needs to be sent to th three or four months before the release of an album but we'll go into more detail on that in free in uh in future podcasts but definitely let us know like who's played it if you've had your track played on bbc introducing or you know you've had it played on any other station let us know we, we're, we're friends with those guys as well and you know they're friends with us and we're all in this community together and if they're playing it we want to know because we want to be playing it and vice versa they look at our playlists exactly we show love community not competition yeah, yeah. we we know who you like again there's a group chat if a band's um, done that thing where they've uh, tried to get an exclusive out of everybody we, we generally know about it <laughs> yeah but also the thing that kills me as well is there is certain legality issues not necessarily from us as a show but there are we've talked about the FM station certainly legality issues swearing stuff like that yeah but there'll also be certain issues that if one of our other stations is branding something as an exclusive and their direct competition also has the same exclusive we could get in trouble with our station managers obviously we'd kind of be in trouble with ourselves if it was our <laughs> FM station but my point being is that that's another reason to hit that hard um, on making sure that uh, you know we know where your track is going. Again, we'll help, we'll support you. Yeah. Um, but that goes back to if you've got Krang, uh, for example, as your airplay, and that's what you're planning to promote, it's kind of pointless approaching us to um, get us to play your track around the same time. Krang may not give you that same opportunity on the next... Um, you know, track a uh, single release of that EP, but we will because we get that Krang's bigger than us. Oh yeah, yeah. like we understand why people want to promote down going out to Krang first. But if Krang's not giving you an airplay on your second single release, come talk to us. Yeah, you know, let us know what you've done before because again, we like the guys at Krang. Mm. We like the guys at Metal Hammer. We don't have anybody that um, we have to worry about not showing love to in this industry because we love everybody. I mean, that that is what happens in press areas is. You know, I, I spent the entirety of download sat on the same table as Metal Hammer and Kerrang. And we were just, like, chatting well, shit, basically. Reading last weekend, we were sandwiched between NME, BBC One, uh, BBC Radio One, and uh, Rock Sound. And oh, we, and, and, and your new stalker, Jim, from Sound Lab. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, again, these, these things happen, and, like, we catch up with each other, you know? Um, Sound Lab being a great example is you've spoken to these guys yet. And the funny thing is, as well, is, you know, we, we're looking to help each other out. We're not looking to stab our competitors in the back. Um, we'll do it, like, uh, admittedly, with Jim. There's so much banter that we were, um, like, misintroducing him to bands on purpose for a <laughs> bit of a giggle. But because we had just got to know the band in an interview, realised they had a sense of humour, and then what Jim actually took from that was, I can have a fun interview with these guys, this is going to be good. So we help each other out completely. So again, if, for example, you've um, had a decent experience from a radio presenter, then tell your friends where you got the good experience from. Tell them how you did it. Yeah. Like, don't keep this stuff a secret, you know? Um, if you're organising gig shares and gig swaps and stuff, you should be talking to the other bands. It's like, oh, we got airplay on XYZ station. And, and we did it like this. Yeah. This is the, literally should, all we have to do. All you got to do is just do this and do that, and you're more than likely to get airplay. And it's right. not just us. We there's plenty, plenty of stations out there that play unsigned bands alongside stadium-sized bands. Yeah. Now I want to wrap this one up reasonably uh, soon, partly because uh, both of us are a bit time committed, uh, um, trying to get back to real Plus, life. We have been waffling on for 
quite By the way, um, this is probably going to be a subject that we return to um, again. I quite like the idea of um, what should be in your press arsenal because a lot of bands know how to put together a press kit. But I got some good stuff in my head uh, for a little bit. Well, hopefully, we'll get some side. We'll get people getting involved with this podcast. Yes. Yeah. So, the, the other few with interviews was cool, and people got involved with that. But this is. This is something we're going to try and do once every sort of like couple of months and again, to get some sort of education out there. Yeah, pick apart our podcast. Tell us where we've missed a trick. Tell us where something obvious that we should have said that has worked really well. We are flawed, you know, in what we do. This is just us giving you 10 years of experience. From a radio presenter. Yeah, kind of so give us experience from other places or give us like something that's happened. You know, tell us your pet peeves. Tell us your life hacks. Yeah. It's Real Life Rockstars Podcast at gmail.com or just the Mike James Rock Show social media. We are the only Mike James Rock Show, so it's quite easy to search us. It's just me and Mike at the end of uh, the inboxes. One of us will be talking back to you and we will be telling each other the conversations that we had. Mm. By the way, I'm going to do this one on the podcast real quick. After years of us using um, the Community Not Competition uh, part, like hashtag yes. uh, to gain um, no, unity, uh, unity <laughs> yes. in, in the music scene. We've actually been picked up by a band in Oregon, oh, really? America, that are sending us some branded community not competition things. Because apparently, you're not going to believe this. They may be lying, but I'm going to I'm going to pretend it's true because this is so much better if it is true. But apparently, they're the ones that started that hashtag. Right. And we've started our own hashtags uh, because we've been on Instagram that long. So there is every chance because we've been using it for three years. Three or four years now. Yeah. So 2016 ish. There is every chance that they did actually start the hashtag or jumped on it when it was only like 30 strong. We mm. may have... Hijacked it. Uh, but the the love that they showed and the immediate thing that they did was they uh, put on one of the... Where we've hashtagged it, can you check your inbox? Because obviously they didn't get through that filter. I checked the conversation. Mate, I've ended up like, chatting to them. They're going to be submitting a track to the show. <laughs> so this, this stuff works. Um, contact us. We, we will talk back. Anyway... I think we should wrap up there. I think so. It's been I awesome. Think I think that's been a, a, a useful lesson. Hopefully yes. people will gain something out of it. And hopefully our inbox is going to be smashed for the next few weeks whilst people listen to this podcast and go like, oh, so if I did that, that, and that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, get airplay. Yep. It, it, um, it is that simple. And Also, yeah. like, if the one last thing as well as uh, what you can expect is what we've been hinting at in previous podcasts and the reason that we've been so busy as well we have stunning stuff uh, coming up that we can't wait to release. So we will be doing a couple more interview-based ones over the next couple of weeks so that we can keep up the pace that we had before we are going back to fortnightly. Um, pretty yeah, much from this festival, one. Yeah. season's are over and done with. And uh, But at the same time, we will be working on the next themed podcast. We don't even know what it is yet because we wanted to give this one a stab um, and see how it went first. So if you have... A theme that we should talk about as radio presenters uh, we're spending 10 years talking to bands hit us up yes I'm just, I was just trying to think of what themes we could do next I have a couple in my head yes yeah, so I've got a couple as well yeah. I shall procrastinate um, but let me just put back on my voice uh, for a second <clears throat> what our, our <coughs> podcast yes yeah. oh, okay this, we haven't mentioned it yet no besides well, at the beginning this podcast has been fueled by Fireball Mmm. Drink it with ice. Fire and ice. Yes. And don't, and f- don't forget to, uh, if you're going to the Fireball Tour in a couple of weeks' time, 
throw, sure. some, throw some love to a fellow podcaster, Mr. DJ Extraordinaire. Stocks Matt Stocks. He'll be comparing and DJing between the bands on the uh, Viable Tour. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give him a shout if you're going to go and see. So, cool. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Right. Done. Finished. Toodles. Bye, peace.